All right, Brian, good news. The turf held up for the Red Hot Chili Peppers at Soldier Field on Friday night. Oh, boy. So it's all good. Yeah. You, you were there, socks? right? Front row? Were there any socks involved in there? No, no socks. I was going to ask if you wore your socks to the show. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, my athletic socks. No. I'm Irish. Uh, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I get that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, the reviews on that show, Red Hot Chili Peppers love the band. I've seen them. Uh, reviews on the show were great. They had a packed house. And again, the turf, uh, you know, I can't speak to the condition after the show, but uh, it certainly was good for the show. So, Are they in their 40s or are they touching 50s? No, 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 no. I'm, I am, uh, they've got some years on me. So they're in their early 60s, believe it or not. Wow. Yes, I know. I know. The Red Hot Chili Peppers have been around since the mid-80s, but yeah, they're in their uh, late 50s, early 60s, but they are, this is impressive. Now, back in the day, Brian, and, and, and I've talked about this before, but back in the 70s and the 80s, you would have these bands that were on top that would put out these great albums every year. And anybody who's ever asked me why that doesn't happen anymore, it's like, well, because cocaine is not as popular anymore. I mean, wow. that fueled the, that is seriously, that fueled the recording industry. Yeah, everybody's hopped up on Coke and you've got all this energy and you just put out all this. turn out hit after hit. That, and, and believe me, these record companies were supplying this. I, 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 I could tell you they were supplying wow. it to the artists and on, uh, you know, golden platters because they knew that they would get more out of them. But the Chili Peppers, and they, they have been clean and, and sober for years, their original guitarist rejoined them. They are going to put out two double albums this year. Two. That's unbelievable. That's that's unbelievable for this day and time. Two double albums in one year. So the rock stars and bands got cocaine, and we get excited here at uh, ESPN 1000 when someone puts chewing gum in in the restroom. Absolutely okay. yes, and, and and the axe spray. Don't forget about that. Axe there's spray. a lot more now. There's yeah, there's like mints. There's a yeah. big champagne. Yeah, all of that. That and, that makes our day. And and, and, uh, and the it, bottles it, of the free bottles of water in the fridge. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, whenever the the guy the attendant in the restroom, which was really kind of awkward. I mean, he hands you the towel while you're washing your hands. And he's know, got the, tip the pressure. There, oh, and the you're pressure. like, what do you tip? What do you tip? I mean, what do you tip for that? I don't, you know, I can get the towel. God bless you. I would never want a job where you're, you know, in a, standing in a restroom for eight hours, but, you know, you don't see them anymore. Hey, you got to make your living thing. somehow. Yeah. You, you know, I always threw, I always threw them a dollar. You oh, know, of course. You towel, did, yeah. Here's a dollar. I'll trade you a towel for a dollar, but I need more than one towel, dude. I've got big hands. Okay. More than one ju- towel. If you take a stick of juicy fruit, that's two bucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I stayed away from the gum because you know what drinking, you know, uh, chewing gum while you're drinking. And if I'm in a bar or a a concert, I think I've got no time for gum. I got to get my next drink. Daniel's in Highland Park wants to jump on, talk about Yasmani Grandal here on ESV 1000. Hey, Daniel. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I'm just reminded of the 1959 World Series, and Sherm Lawler, who uh, was a uh, Grandal-type catcher, and uh, maybe slower, and he was on base. I forgot what I think slower. (laughs) And he was on second base, and there was a hit into uh, right, I think. And I'll never forget, it's burned into my brain. They're waving uh, Lawler around. Mm. And he was out by about 
110 feet from home plate. <laughs> and he was uh, out before he got to third base. <laughs> positively. <laughs> and so it just reminded they're still doing it. Yeah. I'm thinking that they can make it from second to home. Right. Well, Daniel, you know, and as uh, thank you for the call, as Brian said, there's aggressive and there's just bad decision. And Joe has borderline between aggressive and bad decisions and none more than what happened last night. Thankfully, it did not cost us the game, but it did cost us not directly. I mean, you know, we're not going to blame Joe for Grandal's injury. But if he didn't send him, that wouldn't have happened. And certainly Grandal had this awkward, I'm going to run around the catcher and his ankle folded in. He screwed up his knee and, and it doesn't look good. And again, he has been solid for us defensively. So hopefully Carlos Perez, what I've read about him, he seems to be pretty solid. And, you know, he's a kid that's getting his chance in the bigs and hopefully he can rise to the occasion. Sebi Zavala has really, really been good this year, but, um, you know, having Reese McGuire at this point would have helped, obviously, that, uh, you know, he's playing for Boston now. So we'll see how that all shapes up because we'll carry two catchers now, as you said. And uh, Crick was put on the 60-day disabled list. Yeah, I, look, and I'm sure Joe McEwing feels terrible that uh, that right. um, Grandal's out. But, you know, that it is what it is. And as much as none of us were – applauding and wishing we'd see more of Grandal moving forward. You don't want to see anyone get no, hurt. No, you don't want to see him hurt. Right. And and I got to bring up uh, Elvis Andrus. Oh, That man. guy. Yeah, you know what? And, and there is the veteran baseball player that has the smarts. He doesn't need a coach to tell him what to do. He got that done and got across uh, with that. Uh, there was It was uh, a relay to home. And I don't know, did it hit the catcher in the head and he was dazed or did it hit his mitt? Okay, Okay, so it hit him in the mass. He was a bit dazed, couldn't find the ball. And Andrews just sniffed that out. And, boy, he got home real quick and scored that run. And, again, that wasn't a winning run because we won two zip. But it's good to see. Now, he's not going to tear it up at the plate, um, but he's solid defensively, and he's just a smart guy. And that was a hell of a pickup. As soon as I saw he was available, I thought there's just – we better not overlook this. And thankfully, we did not. And speaking of solid defensively, I mean, props to Nico Horner and what he did yesterday. I mean, he did a the, the savvy spinorama out in right field. To, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he was everywhere. And, I mean, defensively, just putting highlight reel stuff together, uh, three, four of them, and Nick Madrigal comes up with three hits. They're down to their final strike in the bottom of the ninth, and Madrigal is sitting there with an 0-2 count, and he makes Devin Williams the now closer of the Milwaukee Brewers since they – You think they missed Josh? Do you think anybody misses Josh up there? Well, look, I mean, Hader's been awful for the Padres. He's got well, he has been, points. but he wasn't awful for the Brewers. No, that's right. I mean, it, you know, because uh, my, my guy Murph um, tweeted back at me that, you know, I said Milwaukee's missing uh, Josh Hader. He said, you know, thank you. Well, 16-plus ERA with the Padres, that wasn't the same guy who the Brewers had, right? He was the best closer in baseball. Right. In the last two He's days. He's got a Kimbra. That's kind of like a Kimbrel move. Right. But I mean, but your team's contending. I mean, when they traded him, when they traded uh, Hayter, the Brewers were three games ahead of the division. Right. right? right I think they're, right. they're six and 12 now since then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I'm saying that was a Kimbrough that, move. That was a Kimbrough move in that 
he was good for one team. They trade him away, and he's turned into something right, right. completely opposite, like they were sold a bill of goods. But David Stearns, the, the president of the Brewers, uh, you know, up in uh, Milwaukee, they, you know, they're roasting him for that move at the trade yeah. deadline because Absolutely. they were actually leading the division. Now they're they're playing for their playoff lives right now, right? If they don't make the postseason, and he he defended it to Paul Sullivan in the Tribune, saying, "Well, you know, I'm looking big picture, and I, you know, we don't want to be in a boomer bust type thing where we're good for a few years and bad for five or six. And you got to pay attention to what's ahead of you. You can there's there's looking into the future, but there's looking into the future and screwing up what's directly ahead of you. Yeah, and you can only win the season that you're playing currently, right? Yes, that's what I that's what I understand. Yeah. And and so he said, if you start thinking like you can't do this, you'll never make a trade. But what he got in return so far isn't all that. And and by the way, you know, the Devin Williams hasn't been living up to he was ready to close for the team. I mean, right. it's been a struggle. But you know, the fact of the matter is that uh, Madrigal fought off. He had the O two count. He fought off four more pitches, and then he comes up with the, the tying single, and they win in extra innings. And so. They have a nice little up the uh, middle infield right now with Nico and Nick. And is that going to be enough to, to, you know, that Jed Hoyer says we don't go after uh, Correa or Dansby Swanson or, you know, name another veteran uh, shortstop um, or you just play this out? Um, But Uh, it's 312-332. Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. I want to jump in and just invite people to call and say, have you seen enough to where it's like, okay, don't go and spend that big money, put those assets somewhere else. We've got our middle infield. Because that's what we saw from Nicky on the south side. That's exactly what we saw from him. You thought he was down and out, and he came came up. And I like Nico from the beginning when I saw him, and I'm not surprised he's turning into what he seems to be turning into. So how long do the Cubs have to look at this to say, okay, this is it, we're set, let's let's spend our money elsewhere? Or you like what you see, but you still have to go after the big name if you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. How long do you want to see this, Brian? I mean, it's, it's a recent development. Is this, you know, let's wait it out to the end of the season and assess there, which well, they'll naturally do. But uh, are you liking what you're seeing? Are you kind of locked in and say, you know, this might be it? Well, I mean, I, I'm really loving what I'm seeing, but mm-hmm. again, if you can get Carlos Correa in his prime and it costs you nothing but money, then feel free to go out and get a player like that, and then then sort things out after that. That that would be well. Right. And Nico can play different uh, spots. Well, sure. You're not right, gonna right. you're not gonna lose him. No, yeah, I mean, you can you know all of a sudden maybe split them up, and and you got second and third taken care of too, right? Um, mm-hmm. But this is uh, Jordan Bastian, MLB.com covers the Cubs. Uh, going into yesterday's game, Horner's 13 outs above average per stat cast were second only to Atlanta's Dansby Swanson, 14. And among MLB shortstops, uh, Horner was tied for second in defensive runs saved at 12 and second in defense, defensive runs above average at 12.7. So he's just gone ahead and put together a really nice, consistent defensive year for the Chicago Cubs. And now Magical's bat is, since he came back from the hamstring surgery, he's just a different guy. And matter of fact, David Ross talked about him before yesterday's game, after Friday's game, about what he's seen since he came back from being injured. 
I have talked to doctors, therapists, you know, they said it, it would take a good amount of time to, you know, feel completely 100%, and then there's a chance you, I may never feel 100%, you know, but um, at the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've kind of, you know, taken the next step as far as starting to feel normal again. It's one of those things that all year long, you know, it's a little bit tight here and there, but um, especially this last week, I feel like I've been able to run and not worry about it, and, uh, you know, it's definitely encouraging just to feel a little bit better. Yeah, I think Nick swing the bat, bat phenomenal. Um, I think he's just, you know, we're at 150 at bats, right? Like it just sporadic early on. He was pressing new team. I've, I've found a lot of times guys that come over to new team, a little bit of experience, you just press really hard trying to impress everybody. Um, he wasn't able to get off to a great start. Um, had a little bit of reset uh, mentally with some, some downtime. It's come back really good. I think having some success in his rehab assignment was was big for him and he hadn't skipped a beat since he's come back well you know brian the one thing about nicky he's been a bit injury prone which you know and his uh you know that's something we saw on the south side and thankfully he's coming back from this and and hopefully this doesn't continue on the on the south side we look at a guy like Eloy. i mean at what point do you say okay this person's so injury prone well, not comparing the two nicky has not been in the same situation as a lawyer, but you you can see when he's feeling good, he's a real asset. They call him Nikki Two Strikes for for a reason. Yeah, and it is scary when you hear him say, "Well, he they, he might not ever feel a hundred percent." You know that that he yeah, hopes, right. but you know that's a possibility. But I mean, so far so good because uh, he's been making great great contact um, at the at the plate. And at, at Nikki Two Strikes, he doesn't strike out and swinging strike percent. He's third uh, in. in uh, among all MLB hitters this month in August. So um, he knows how to fight off those those pitches. And, and like he did yesterday, even in the hole, he found a pitch to, to deliver a tying run, and they end up winning that game in extra innings. Yeah. I, I was trying to talk you out of trying to get rid of him, and I'm glad that uh, you were not able to pull that deal. I'm not sure Jack gives you that authority anyhow. Well, no, it's only on uh, the fifth Tuesday of every month. Right, he designates right. me the the guy. Can, I'm like I'm like <laughs> Roquan's, Roquan's guy. I get to call around to other teams and oh, come really? up with yeah. fantasy oh, trades. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. good that's a good use of your time. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're going to wrap it up in the next segment and go to uh, pregame with Connor McKnight for that eleven oh five first pitch. Although I'm not sure we're going to get that game in Cleveland underway on time. But uh, we got to fit it in somewhere. We're running out of days, and certainly we want to see Dylan Cease pitch because he is our ace for the south side. So we'll be right back to uh, take your calls and wrap up the Twitter poll here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports is the home of Xander and Hanley. More's on the way on ESPN Chicago. The Guardians, and we have... The starting lineup, obviously, Connor's going to dig into it more, but it's interesting. Luis Robert is going to lead off. He's in center field. Today, they're giving A.J. Pollock the day off. Um, you know, and I think that's appropriate. He's been he's been playing every game, leading off, having some success. Andrew Vaughn in left field, batting second. D.H. Aloy batting third. Jose batting cleanup at first. Got Yoan at third base. Gavin Sheets in right field today. Elvis Andrews at short. Romy Gonzalez giving uh, Harrison a day off, batting eighth. And Sebi Zavala catching because, well, we're we're out of catchers almost, although we have we have somebody coming out from uh, AAA and he'll be there today. Um, 
Perez is going to be on the team. So we've got a, a Bears Twitter poll, Brian, uh, about Roquan Smith, because today we got news, as, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, that Roquan, is, uh, he talked to the media yesterday and basically said, I'm not happy. I'm not thrilled. I'm not pleased. I'm displeased, as a matter of fact. And uh, it wasn't a pleasure, but I'm going to play. I got to bury my head down, chest out, whatever you said, chin out, chest out, and uh, let's let's get her going. So the Twitter poll, which is lo- most likely result for Roquan Smith at the end of the year? Signs Bear extension, Bears trade him, becomes a free agent, or the Bears use the franchise tag. Jake Cantu producing today. We're going to go to you, Jake. Uh, I know we have a comment too, but uh, what did that poll look like? I think he's asking for the Bears use a franchise tag on him, and uh, the fans agreed, 43.4%. And then uh, signed Bears extension was at 26%. Obviously, they don't think Bears are going to trade him at 12%. And they're not going to become free agent. There's no way they're going to let him go without any kind of compensation. So. Yeah, and he does. He does not want to be franchise tagged. He wants. No, he doesn't. Years. But he's begging for it, isn't he? Well, no. He he said that the twenty million is a nice number, and that's about what he was asking for per year for a five year deal of a hundred million. But right. any any football player, going back to our caller Mike, they want security. They want guaranteed. They want more, and they want twenty million. But that sounds great to all of us who will never see that in our lifetime. Um, but. He wants he wants to be among the highest paid for a long time, and but the likelihood is that they they will. I mean, if if he has a Roquan Smith season, or is actually is now a starter on the All Pro team instead of a backup. right, right, and in this defense, which by the way we talked about, you right. know, the the uh, Eberflus and Poles want him to prove himself within the confines of what they're bringing, not what he's done in the past. But in that defense should allow him to even be better and put up even better numbers. So then, then is it one season enough for Ryan Poles and 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 said, okay, I I told you to prove it to me, you proved it to me, and then they sit down and come to terms on a long term extension. Um, but yeah, they're not letting him walk for nothing. Uh, depending if he's having a great season and some team offers you something that you think is of equal or better value than Roquan gives you right now in a rebuild, then, you know, maybe that is a possibility, but um, the extension would have to be, he, he even does, has better numbers and a better season than he's had in the past, which have been very good and great. Um, and then, then you have to kind of force the bear's hand to, to get back to the table and actually negotiate something. Right. And right now he doesn't really have any leverage at all, which Again, goes back to the whole, you didn't hire a professional to represent you. And you might have known that there was very little leverage. Now, I get he wants to get paid. But I don't know. Am I missing something, Brian? Is there some leverage here that he has that I'm overlooking? But it doesn't seem like he has much, if any. No. No. I mean, they they have control this year. And they have two years of it in which they could use the franchise tag which will put mm-hmm. him going into free agency at 28 instead of 25. And um, again, the, the 20 million next year is a franchise franchise uh, tag number, give or take. And maybe it goes up to 23 in, in year two of a franchise tag. Uh, good money, but still well short of the hundred million he was hoping to, to see on the table right now. Yeah. It'll be interesting how it shakes out. Obviously we want him to have a good season. And, and if he does, 
I would hope the Bears would be willing to see that and reward him as such, playing for this team and this defense, of which you said that he has a good chance to have some solid success, even more so than he's had before. Yeah, this defense should allow him uh, a lot of freelancing, a lot of opportunities to get to the quarterback and make plays and turnovers and all the things that you get paid for. So it's at the, the bottom line, it's great that he has decided, for whatever reason, to get back on the practice field three weeks before the season's going to start. And it's distasteful, and that was his word uh, they used as this whole right. experience has been for him. He now seems to at least have uh, the positive attitude that he's going to go out there and do what he's always done. He said, bust his ass, be there for his teammates, and prove everyone go 100 miles an hour and uh, don't let up and let everyone know why he deserves the money he was asking for. Hey, Brian, by the way, I'm not sure if you've ever had negotiations. Certainly I've had in, in certain ways, and they're all distasteful. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure if Ro, what book Roquan was reading that, uh, you know, he was hoping for tasteful negotiations, but they're not. That's where no. they tell you what you haven't done, because yeah. the more they tell you what you've done, the more money they have to follow up with. So no yeah. negotiations are tasteful. Yeah, they're not throwing rose petals at you and, and you know, popping champagne as you said. Unless you're Tom Brady. That's a different deal. No. That is a way different deal. Way yeah. different deal. All right, so we're going to wrap things up. Um, we're going to go to Connor McKnight. He's got uh, the pregame for the baseball game that is scheduled to get off at 11.05 here in the Midwest with the first pitch. Dylan Cease on the mound for the White Sox. Savali on the mound for the Guardians. We're two and a half back. We're three games over 500, Brian, at this point. Let's hope a coaching decision a bad decision doesn't happen today. Let's hope everybody is on the same page. We've got Dylan Cease on the mound. We certainly have to score runs to win the game. Dylan's going to do his job. So go Sox. It's been a pleasure to talk sports with you again, Brian. Thank you, Jake Cantu, for producing today. And uh, that's it for us. We'll see you next weekend here on ESPN 1000.